TikTok is evil. When you clicked on that I agree button, did you actually read what you were agreeing to? I'll bet you didn't. And I'll bet you didn't know what you agreed to. I'm going to talk about that tonight. And also a sad anniversary in uh, Kuala Lumpur coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, we got that. We got lots more. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. I'm Jay Sheldon, of course. And uh, my Facebook viewers, sorry, I put a post up on Facebook on my page. I don't know what's going on. I, Facebook is being like usual their own ridiculous self. So my show is not live on Facebook. I'm trying to fix it, and I don't know why. But uh, we are live on Twitch.tv, on YouTube, of course, and, of course, our favorite channel, Rumble.com. We are always there. We will be there no matter what happens. In fact, if I disappear off of Facebook, which will be my choice, not theirs, because they're idiots... You can always find us on YouTube and Rumble, and I highly, highly encourage you to get an account over at Rumble, sign up, it's free, and uh, follow and uh, subscribe to the show. That's also free. Anyway, that's uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Happy, uh, what is it, Monday. Ugh. Monday, Aldwin, a happy 4th of July to you. I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, yes, it is the 4th of July, and uh, it is the 4th of July here in Malaysia, too. But it's Independence Day in America. And uh, hopefully America will get back to what it once was, not this sham show, crap show, the other S show that it is currently. But... uh, It'll get there. It'll get there. We true patriots really believe that. And, uh, yeah, so lots going on. Uh, Time Uncertain finally made it. It has been a long time. Good to see you, Time Uncertain. All right, you're right. It has been a long time. My goodness. All right, um, I got so much going on tonight. Oh, uh, let's get right into this uh, little update on our favorite little girl. That would be Miko. Miko update. Yeah. She's doing great. Uh, she's uh, fantastic. Um, we had a nice long walk. She's back eating. In fact, today she ate both of her lunch and her dinner all by herself without being fed, which for Miko is a milestone. Trust me. Uh, yeah, but she's, uh, she's doing great. I look so washed out tonight. You know what? Can we back that down just a little bit? Not that color. Ugh, that's horrible. All right, let's, let's try and go down. Oh my God. What is going on with this thing? Now that's too much. <laughs> oh man. All right. We'll just drop it. Down. You don't need to see all the wrinkles, do you? It's just me. You know what? I throw it up there. You don't like it. Find something else, but uh, we'll just hang out for a while. That's what we do, talk about weird stuff. Uh, Yeah, all right. So anyway, Miko update. She's doing great, but I had to share this thing with you. This is not Miko. This is not Miko, but this is the most adorable thing I think I've ever seen. This is so cute. You got to look closely on the screen. Again, if you're in the podcast, sorry, uh, check out our video on Rumble or YouTube, and you can watch this. It is absolutely adorable. This is a little Shiba Inu puppy. She looks like she's maybe four or five months old. And one of the things that Shiba Inus do when they want to play and fight, play fight, 
is they'll turn around and they'll show their butt to the other dog. I, I don't know. It's just a thing. I tried. It doesn't work for me. But uh, when, you know. Um, anyway, that is one of the ways, in addition to going down on all fours and kind of, you know, getting on their lurches, uh, that's another thing they do when they want to play. But they'll also turn around and show their butt. This little Shiba Inu is looking at himself in a mirror. And watch what he does. This is so adorable. Check this out. Look at that. <laughs> it's like he's checking his butt out. There he goes again. Watch. Boom. <laughs> Just too cute. Anyway, I saw that. Again, it's not Miko, but I, I had to share it because it's beyond adorable. Very cute. That's on a uh, Shiba Inu Facebook page of some kind that I'm I'm a member of about 5,000 different Shiba Inu uh, Facebook pages. Okay. Our, uh, our main topic tonight is TikTok. And there wasn't any particular thing that happened that brought, brought this up. Although I did see a post on my Twitter feed earlier uh, today that showed how much some of these people make on, you know, like OnlyFans accounts, if you know what I mean. And TikTok and stuff like that. It is unbelievable. Tens of thousands of dollars. USD a month these people make. I'm in the wrong business, folks. I need to take off my shirt and get an OnlyFans account or something. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Uh, anyway, TikTok. I, I downloaded TikTok. I put it on my phone. And as I was going through, this was a year ago or more, probably two years ago now. Um, as I'm going through, I actually took the time to read the terms of service, what you're agreeing to when you click OK. Nobody reads that crack. It, it, seriously. Yeah, you're right, Aldwin. TikTok is cringe. Um, and it's not only, you know, we say TikTok is evil, but it's dangerous. And I know if you're some teenager or some 20-year-old out there, you're not going to listen to me and I don't give a crap. But if a parent is listening and I can help one parent save your child from the nightmare that is TikTok, then I've done my work. Because frankly, if you are a parent and your child is on TikTok, I cannot encourage you in strong enough terms to get them off TikTok. Delete the app, reset their phone, put some sort of whatever uh, Aldwin's 20 and he's listening and he doesn't use TikTok. Well, good on you, Aldwin. <laughs> All right, I have a, several stories. Uh, one of them was behind a paywall, so I didn't put it in the uh, show notes tonight. That's our description down below. Um, but uh, there is a bunch there that is not behind a paywall. You can read it. This first one is from the National Review, and it's simply titled, TikTok is Evil. I'm telling you, it is frightening. Last summer, The Onion published an article with the ingenious headline, Teens Flock to New App, where they just enter their own personal data into form. I think about this article a lot these days, particularly with the social media app TikTok in the news. At 28, the writer, not that old yet, but managed to reach an age when I simply do not or refuse to understand some of the newest technology. Now, one of the things I've tried to do, I'm 64 years old, folks. I'm, I'm an old fart, okay? But I've always tried to keep up, no matter what. 
when it was the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, whatever, I have always tried to keep up with the latest as best I can. I'm fairly good at it. There's a common joke around this show that I'm no good with technology and I don't know what I'm doing. That's just an excuse when things go wrong. I actually know exactly what I'm doing. That's why I have this whole thing set up here and I run it all by myself. Because I'm pretty smart when it comes to that stuff and I've kept up to date on purpose. You didn't get to be 60 plus decades old and not keep up with the times. And I've tried my best to keep up with the times. Anyway... As best this writer can understand it, TikTok is an app that enables people to create and share short videos, which is exactly what TikTok is. Popular among Zoomers, the generation that follows his generation, uh, which itself is a reason not to trust it. (laughs) But there's also reputable reports that this app is compromised by the Chinese government. Despite these defects, the Biden administration morons that they are, actually saw fit to use TikTok to promote coronavirus vaccinations despite the superior alternative like, say, a generous interpretation of public health and national security powers. Maybe Vine. Boy, that is an old one, Vine. Uh, Anyway, uh, Vine was a similar homegrown app that Twitter pretty much killed uh, a few years ago. Um, Anyway, Team Biden essentially promoted this Chinese TikTok, paying their most popular users to promote vaccinations. Um, Quite the executive whiplash from this time last year when the Trump administration made an effort to force ByteDance, Chinese uh, parent company of TikTok, to sell the app, first to Microsoft, then to Oracle. Biden, who's 78, probably even less understands TikTok, uh, backed off the effort earlier this year. Uh, It says, at any rate, I still don't trust TikTok, and a recent report in the Wall Street Journal provides ample reasons to believe the app might be a tick worse than other apps and platforms. There is an article called How TikTok Serves Up Sex and Drugs to Minors. The journal created some bot accounts on TikTok. They purposely went out, the journalists, and created fake accounts to get a sense of how the algorithms work on TikTok. And this is from the article. Listen, listen close, beam in. An analysis of the videos served to these accounts found that through its powerful algorithms, TikTok can quickly drive minors, among the biggest users of the app, into endless spools of content about drugs and sex. TikTok served one account, one of their bot fake accounts, registered as a 13-year-old, at least 569 videos about drug use, references to coke, meth addiction, promotional videos for online sales of drug products and paraphernalia, Hundreds of similar videos appeared in the feeds of the journal's other accounts, which were fake created to be minors, people below the age of consent. They also showed the journal's teenage users more than 100 videos from accounts recommending paid pornography sites and sex shops. Thousands of others from creators who labeled their content as for adults only and these were pushed through on the algorithm and fed to these bot accounts the journalists created 
which they said were like 13, 14, 15, 12 years old. Still others encouraged eating disorders, glorified alcohol, including depictions of drinking and driving, and drinking games. What I tell you, these are how their algorithms over there work. And that ain't all. What data does TikTok collect? This is what made me instantly go delete, delete, delete when I was signing up for TikTok and have never touched it since. If you read the, and they're right up front, they don't hide it. It's right there when you sign up. TikTok not only can get into your list of contacts and their phone numbers and addresses or whatever else you've got on your phone and suck them out of your phone and do God knows what with it. They can also change your content. It'd be like if you put a tweet up on Twitter, it'd be like Twitter going in and switching whatever you said and putting something else. And it appears that you did it. That's what TikTok explicitly says, that they can go in and change your content. They have editorial rights to your content. Will they? Don't know. Doesn't matter. The fact is, you're giving them permission to do that. You could go in there and say, I love President Trump. And they could go in there and say, I want to assassinate President. You know, you know what I'm saying? Technically, they could do that. And then you're responsible for the content. That's not the end of it. Kids are raving about TikToks. Most parents don't understand it. But listen, parents, please understand it. It's important. Pay a little bit of attention, please. Some of the deep conversations on internet privacy, there's a pretty big debate about whether TikTok is safe to use. This is from uh, reviews.org. No surprise, many U.S. leaders, including the Secretary of State and the President, issued statements warning about the app. This is from uh, February of 2022. Uh, What do you need to know about TikTok? Well, here's some helpful information. This is the data among the data. This ain't all of it. But among the stuff that TikTok collects off of your phone, the videos you watch and rewatch, the videos you comment on, get this one. The keyboard rhythms you have when you type. Not just what you type, but the rhythm that you type it at. I can't imagine what you would use that for, but they collect it. Your phone and your location data. Your clipboard data. What you have on your Control-C clipboard data. Private messages and contacts. Private messages and contacts. They collect it. Any information you share while creating your account, of course. And information from linked social media accounts. So you put something on Twitter or Facebook or wherever, rumble.com. Probably not Rumble because they're pretty good about uh, protecting data. But whatever other social media accounts you link with TikTok, it's sucking all that stuff out too and collecting it. Is TikTok less secure than other social media sites? You might be wondering how different they are, like LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. The majority debate over TikTok is because it's owned by a Chinese company, ByteDance, and because of international relations between the U.S. and China. 
People are a bit concerned about online privacy, of course. Recently, a U.S. company purchased a large percentage of TikTok, meaning the Americans own the majority of the app currently. Uh, Does the change in ownership mean you should be less concerned? Well, the article here says yes and no. While a lot of experts agree the app is safer now because of its change in ownership, it can still and does still collect the same data it was collecting before. That doesn't change. Now, perhaps the most frightening part, I'm going to get through this in a second, we'll move on, but the most frightening part of the uh, apps like TikTok that you can only hope it won't share your information The worst part about internet privacy is having a program sell your information to a third party. Although TikTok promises not to sell your private information, it maintains, listen, it maintains the right to share the info it gathers within its platform for business purposes. So basically, they're sharing it. Likely, they're selling it. Just because an app promises it won't share your data doesn't mean they'll stick to their word. It is always good to remember that when you choose to share your information online and parents, your kids sharing their information online, it's out there and you can't get it back. And TikTok does it. There's information here, too. This article is linked in our show notes. If you want to read the whole thing, there is information here on how to properly delete your TikTok account. Because, you know, a lot of times some when you delete these apps, they're not as deleted as you may think they are. So you need to find out. Just do a search about how to properly delete. There is a uh, instructions in this article. I think it's the second link down in our show notes tonight from uh, reviews.org. So, um, yeah, there's another one here. Uh, what what data does TikTok collect? And uh, the last one I've got is the privacy risks. This one also, you'll see this in our show notes. It's from uh, vpnoverview.com. Now, I know VPN Overview is trying to sell you a VPN, and it's a good idea that you have one. But uh, it's about the privacy risks of TikTok and why this invasive app is so dangerous. I cannot encourage you enough to read it. I know you're making a thousand million bucks a month selling your booty videos on TikTok or OnlyFans or whatever the hell it is you're selling it on. But you have no idea of what the actual cost is of the information and the stuff that you're giving up. And you ought to know that. It is dangerous. It is not good. So get off TikTok and take your kids off TikTok. Most importantly of all, get your damn kids off TikTok. They're going to scream and cry and moan and bitch and yell. Doesn't matter. Do what's right for them. All right. World of Buzz. We got a World of Buzz story tonight because it is uh, 47 years ago, an anniversary of something that happened in Kuala Lumpur. I know my audience is wide. I got tons, hundreds of viewers and listeners in the U.S. and uh, India and U.K., Australia, New Zealand, all over the planet. But uh, this is an important uh, anniversary that happened 47 years ago. Uh, 53-person hostage crisis in KL. And honestly, most Malaysians 
don't really know much about it. They might know, oh, yeah, I heard something about that. But the, the actual story is absolutely fascinating. And uh, the World of Buzz did an article a couple of weeks ago, uh, actually a couple of months ago now. But uh, the anniversary is coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks. The 53-person hostage crisis in KL that most Malaysians don't know about. Here's some pictures from that day. It was uh, 1975, August 4th, so just a month from now. 53 people at the U.S. and Swedish embassies in Kuala Lumpur, that's our capital city here, were taken hostage by Japanese militants for four days in an intense standoff with authorities. And there in this article is uh, details about how the whole situation erupted. Violence erupts in the AIA building, the building I believe is still standing. Five members of a communist militant group, the Japanese Red Army, JRA, stormed the AIA building in Jalan Ampang on August 4th. A foreign service officer who was present during the incident was working at the U.S. Embassy, as usual, and he heard gunshots. He was quoted by the Huff Post as saying, I ran to the door of my office. There were people outside milling around wondering what was going on. We recognized quickly that shooting was taking place on the ninth floor. So we rushed down the steps to see what was happening. There was some shooting going on. We could see the door of the elevator opening and one of the guards being shot at by somebody in the corridor. The guard took a bullet right under the eye and fell back into the lift. The door then closed, managed to get the man out to a different floor and to a hospital. Another guard came up. He was shot through the chin. The bullet came out through the jaw. Yikes. I think that is a picture of uh, possibly that that fellow. Uh, yeah, Ma- Malaysian security guard named Sukdav Sai, shot right below his left eye, f- left out the back as JRA members stormed the building. Miraculously, he survived that gunshot. And uh, we, in an interview with the star, he said, I was facing left. If I'd been facing right, I would have had a worse injury or have been killed. Uh, meanwhile, Malaysian authorities, security personnel work quickly to seal off access to other floors in the building, shutting off elevators, electricity, securing floors below them, locking the militants into the ninth floor. Here is the uh, Japanese Red Army. My goodness. They demand their five imprisoned leaders in Japan be released. According to uh, eyewitness speaking to the BBC, they wore suits and had scarves around their faces with grenades hanging on their belts. Wow. Japanese government also involved in negotiations and ended up agreeing to the JRA members' terms. Uh, The imprisoned JRA members were then sent to KL on a Japanese Japanese Airlines flight, a DC-8. Malaysian officials switched places with the hostages. My goodness. As negotiations went on, it was decided Malaysian Deputy Transport Minister Dato Romli Omar and Security General for the Home Ministry Tan Sri Osman Samsudin Qasim were to be exchanged with the terrorists as hostages to guarantee safe conduct. Two Japanese officials were also swapped with the hostages. This quote, the first thing the Prime Minister at the time, Tun Abdul Razak, asked me was how was my health? 
I said, I think I'm all right, sir, but a few years ago, I already suffered a heart attack. He then thanked me for going in and swapping myself with the hostages. That was when I felt the decision to go was really made. Unbelievable. The rest of the story is just as fascinating. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, it's a, it's an anniversary coming up one month from today that happened here in KL with uh, the Japanese Red Army. And a lot of people don't know all the details of that story. You really should check it out. An article in the show notes from the good folks at, uh, at World of Buzz. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to share that with you, uh, with you tonight. All right. We've got a couple of good news stories tonight. One local, uh, actually both local, but they're both cool as hell. Uh, we always end with a, a good news story before we move on to our book. We're doing Sherlock Holmes, by the way. Uh, this was, again, World of Buzz. Thanks, folks, over there at World of Buzz. Link is in the show notes. A 22-year-old Malaysian becomes the first Malay model to walk Paris Fashion Week. How about that? Check it out. He walked for Louis Vuitton, Robert Lynch, and more. Uh, Very rarely do we see Malaysians gracing the runways of international fashion capitals, which is why it's genuinely unique when a local earns a spot to model for some of the world's most esteemed fashion brands. And one of those people is 22-year-old Ridzman Zadain, who recently walked Paris Fashion Week. Dang! Uh, the Rizal, Rizal Hakim Punyer Facebook page took to their profile and highlighted uh, Rizman's accomplishments as an international high fashion model. And there's the guy, good-looking fellow. They wrote, uh, Rizman Zidane, I hope I'm saying your name right, 22 years old, 188 centimeters, the first Malay model to catwalk at Paris Paris Fashion Week, the most prestigious fashion week in the world. Wow. Congratulations to you. Fantastic. What an amazing accomplishment. That is insane. Congratulations to you, sir. All right. And finally, one last good news story. And, oh, man, I'm telling you. Ever since I've had Miko, our little Shiba Inu, when I see stories about puppies or dogs that pass away, it dearly brings me to tears. I mean, it's always sad. But now having a dog that I love so much, we love this little girl with all of our hearts. For some reason, these stories just get me right there like they never used to get me. I don't know what that is. I, I, I just I guess I can relate even more now. But anyway, this uh, this story of this amazing person a from, uh, again, World of Buzz. Thanks, World of Buzz. Nice job, folks. Kind Malaysian saves a motionless dog who is hit by a car. Now, they are asking for donations to foot the medical bill. That's the big reason I wanted to put this on here to let you guys know that you can help out if you, if you would. Um, oh, man, look at this. His tongue was out when I was carrying him in my arms. He looked like he had already given up. Oh, man, there's a picture of him at the side of the road. Hit-and-run cases involving people are a criminal offense, but unfortunately, when it comes to animals, 
We can still see them lying on the roadside hours after being hit by a car. It's only when a kind passerby sees the animal they would go out of their way to rescue them. Uh, recently, a Malaysian shared on his Instagram, at IAMayuvabalan, he discovered a dog lying still in the middle of the highway. The Instagram reel captioned, Need Your Help shows a distant view of the dog lying on the road, unmoving. There's a uh, still image from the uh, Instagram account. According to this fellow, it was a really hot day, and no one was helping the dog, who was breathing heavily, probably from exhaustion and heat. His tongue was out. When I carried him in my arms, he looked like he'd already given up. He also claimed he could feel the dog's bones were broken while he picked him up and was holding him. Uh, worried for the poor fur kid, immediately rushed the dog to a clinic near his place that he frequents. And the doctor advised him since the dog condition was critical, he had to be admitted to a veterinary hospital within 24 hours. He was rushed to the Gassing vet uh, Veterinary Hospital, uh, unable to be treated because he had to be stabilized before x-rays and surgery could be carried out. As of now, the medical bill has been paid by this fellow. It stands at 800 ringgit. It covers the dog's stay at the hospital and medications. Nonetheless, concerns the dog's medical bills could be much higher once he's stabilized and his treatments can proceed. There is a picture of this little fur baby uh, who is still recovering. And he's asking for the public's help in footing the medical bills uh, through donations. There is a Maybank account. It is listed in this article. It's legit. And if you can help out in any way, please do. You just click on the link in our show notes tonight. It's down there towards the middle of the page. And uh, go to this article. There you will find the information about the uh, Maybank account and where you can donate. And to my folks in the U.S., my friends over there, I know we're half a world away from you. But honestly... 800, 1,000 ringgit these days ain't a whole lot of money. I know times are tough, but uh, at four and a half to one almost, uh, 800, 1,000 ringgit isn't a whole lot of money out of your pocket. Whatever you could donate would certainly be appreciated. And uh, I don't know what the international banking crap is because they make it more complicated than it needs to be. But uh, if you wouldn't mind helping out, it would be a great thing and a big tip of the hat to this amazing fellow who went the extra mile and helped out one of our furry friends in need. Love, love stories like that. Wow. Amazing. All right. Let's move on along to our book. We're doing Sherlock Holmes, of course. Why is my... There he is. Wondered what happened. All right, we're in the middle of this uh, amazing story from uh, Sherlock Holmes. And uh, as you know, Watson went to this opium den and uh, discovered Sherlock Holmes. So let's continue on with the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Holmes, I whispered, what on earth are you doing in this den? As low as you can, he answered. I have excellent ears. If you would have the great kindness to get rid of that sottish friend of yours, I should be exceedingly glad to have a little talk with you. I have a cab outside. Then pray send him home in it. 
may safely trust him, for he appears to be too limp to get into any mischief. I would recommend that you also send a note by the cabman to your wife to say that you've thrown in your lot with me. If you will wait outside, I shall be with you in five minutes. It was difficult to refuse any of Sherlock Holmes' requests, for they were always so exceedingly definite and put forward with such a quiet air of mastery. I felt, however, that when Whitney was once confined in the cab, my mission was practically accomplished, for for the rest I couldn't wish anything better than to be associated with my friend in one of those singular adventures which were the normal condition of his existence. In a few minutes, I'd written my note, paid Whitney's bill, led him out to the cab, and seen him driven through the darkness. In a very short time, a decrepit figure had emerged from the opium den, and I was walking down the street with Sherlock Holmes. For two streets, he shuffled along with a bent back and an uncertain foot. Then, glancing round quickly, he straightened himself out and burst into a hearty fit of laughter. I suppose, Watson, said he, that you imagine that I've added opium smoking to cocaine injections and all the other little weaknesses on which you've favored me with your medical views. I was certainly surprised to find you in there. Ah, but not more than I to find you. I came to find a friend, and I to find an enemy. An enemy? Yes, one of my natural enemies, or shall I say, my natural prey. Uh, briefly, Watson, I'm in the midst of a very remarkable inquiry, and I have hoped to find a clue in the incoherent ramblings of these sots, as I've done before now. Had I been recognized in that den, my life wouldn't have been worth an hour's purchase, for I have used it before now for my own purposes, and the rascally Lascar who runs it has sworn to have vengeance upon me. There is a trap door at the back of that building, near the corner of Paul's Wharf, which could tell some strange tales of what passes through it upon the moonless nights. What? You mean bodies? <laughs> Aye, bodies, Watson. We should be rich men if we had a thousand pounds for every poor devil who'd been done to death in that den. It is the vilest murder trap on the whole riverside, and I fear that Neville St. Clair has entered it never to leave it more. But our trap should be here. He put his two forefingers between his teeth and whistled shrilly, a signal which was answered by a similar whistle from the distance, followed shortly by the rattle of wheels and the clink of horses' hoofs. Now, Watson said Holmes, as a tall dog-cart dashed up through the gloom, throwing out two golden tunnels of yellow light from its side lanterns. You'll come with me, won't you? If I can be of use. Oh, a trusty comrade is always of use, and a chronicler still more so. My room at the Cedars is a double-bedded one. The Cedars? Uh, yes, that is Mr. St. Clair's house. I'm staying there while I conduct the inquiry. Where is it, then? Near Lee, in Kent. We have a seven-mile drive before us. But I'm in the dark. Of course you are. You'll know all about it presently. 
Jump up in here. All right, John, we need not need you. There's half a crown. Look out for me tomorrow about eleven. Give her head. So long, then. He flicked the horse with his whip, and we dashed away through the endless succession of somber and deserted streets, which widened gradually until we were flying across a broad, balustrated bridge, with the murky river flowing sluggishly beneath us. Beyond lay another dull wilderness of bricks and mortar, its silence broken only by the heavy, regular footfall of the policeman, or the songs and shouts of some belated party of revelers. A dull rack was drifting slowly across the sky, and a star or two twinkled dimly here and there through the rifts of the clouds. Holmes drove in silence, with his head sunk upon his breast, with the air of a man who's lost in thought. While I sat beside him, curious to learn what this new quest might be, which seemed to tax his powers so sorely, and yet afraid to break in upon the current of his thoughts. We'd driven several miles, and were beginning to get at the fringe of the belt of the suburban villas, when he shook himself, shrugged his shoulders, and lit up his pipe, the air of a man who'd satisfied himself that he is acting for the best. "'You have a grand gift of silence, Watson,' said he. "'It makes you quite invaluable as a companion. "'Pon my word, it is a great thing for me to have someone to talk to, "'for my own thoughts are not over-pleasant. "'I was wondering what I should say to this dear little woman tonight "'when she meets me at the door.' You forget I know nothing about it. I shall just have time to tell you the facts of the case before we get to Lee. It seems absurdly simple, and yet, somehow, I can get nothing to go upon. There's plenty of thread, no doubt, but I can't get the end of it in my hand. Now I'll state the case clearly and concisely to you, Watson. And maybe you can see a spark where it is all dark to me. Proceed then. Well, some time ago, to be definite, May of 1884, there came to Lee a gentleman, Neville St. Clair by name, who appeared to have plenty of money. He took a large villa, laid out the grounds very nicely, and lived generally in good style. By degrees, he made friends in the neighborhood, and in 1887, he married the daughter of a local brewer, by whom he now has two children. He had no occupation, but was interested in several companies, went into town as a rule in the morning, returned by the 514 from Cannon Street every night. Mr. St. Clair is now 37 years of age, is a man of temperate habits, good husband, very affectionate father and a man who is popular with all who know him. I may add that his whole debts at the present moment, as far as I have been able to ascertain, amount to eighty-eight pounds ten shilling, while he has two hundred and twenty pounds standing to his credit in the capital and county's bank. No reason, therefore, to think that money troubles have been weighing upon his mind. Now, last Monday... Mr. Neville St. Clair went into town rather earlier than usual, remarking before he started that he had two important commissions to perform, and that he would bring his little boy home a box of bricks. 
Now, by the merest chance, his wife received a telegram on this same Monday, very shortly after his departure, to the effect that was a small parcel of considerable value which she'd been expecting was waiting for her at the offices of the Aberdeen Shipping Company. Now, if you're well up on your London, you'll know the offices of the company is in Fresno Street, which branches out of the upper Swandham Lane, where you found me tonight. Mrs. St. Clair had her lunch, started for the city, did some shopping, proceeded to the company's office, got her packet, and found herself at exactly 4.35, walking through Swandham Lane on her way back to the station. Have you followed me so far? Oh, it's very clear. Now, if you remember, Monday was an exceedingly hot day, and Mrs. St. Clair walked slowly, glancing about in the hope of seeing a cab, as she didn't like the neighborhood in which she found herself. And while she was walking in this way down Swindham Lane, she suddenly heard an ejaculation or cry and was struck cold to see her husband looking down at her and, as it seemed to her, beckoning to her from a second-floor window. The window was open and she distinctly saw his face, which she described as being terribly agitated. He waved his hands frantically to her and then vanished from the window so suddenly that it seemed to her he'd been plucked back by some irresistible force behind. One singular point which struck her quite feminine eye was that although he wore some dark coat such as he had started to town in, he had neither collar nor necktie. Convinced something was amiss with him, she rushed down the steps, for the house had none other than the opium den in which you found me tonight, and running through the front room, she attempted to ascend the stairs which led to the first floor. At the foot of the stairs, however, she met this Lascar scoundrel of whom I have spoken, who thrust her back, and aided by a Dane who acts as assistant there, pushed her out onto the street. Filled with the most maddening doubts and fears, she rushed down the lane, and, by rare good fortune, met in Fresno Street a number of constables with an inspector, all on their way to their beat. The inspector and two men accompanied her back, and in spite of the continued resistance of the proprietor, they made their way to the room in which Mr. St. Clair had last been seen. There was no sign of him there. In fact, the whole of that floor, there was no one to be found, save a crippled wretch of hideous aspect, who it seems made his home there. Both he and the Lascar stoutly swore that no one else had been in the front room during the afternoon. So determined was their denial that the inspector was staggered, and had almost come to believe that Mrs. St. Clair had been deluded. When, with a cry... She sprang at a small deal box which lay upon the table and tore the lid from it. Out there fell a cascade of children's bricks. It was the toy which he had promised to bring home. Ooh, a 
That's where we're going to cut it off for tonight. We'll continue this chapter and wrap up this mystery of Sherlock Holmes coming up in our next stream on Wednesday night. Cool beans. Hello. Uh, wow. First time chat from a viewer whose name I cannot read because it appears to be in Chinese. 10 cm bug? <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, hello, nice voice. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, every 4th of July, I imagine Captain America saving and protecting the weak and defenseless. This should be the model for every Americans, every American, not just the military. Well said, Alvin. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. That is going to do it for us for tonight. Thank you, gang, for uh, joining us. Thanks for all of our listeners on the podcast. We are a podcast. You can listen to the audio part of our show. All 230, however many episodes we've done, they are up there on all your favorite podcast platforms. Apple, uh, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Radio Public, Tuned In, uh, Geo7 in India. And uh, we thank all of our folks. If you'd like, just go check us out, The Jay Sheldon Show, on wherever you get your podcasts. And click on subscribe or follow. It's free for you. doesn't cost you a dime. And helps us out a lot. Thank you. And thanks for watching. I'll see you again Wednesday night. Until then, this is the Jay Sheldon Show. And strangely enough, I'm Jay Sheldon. Good night.